People have said it for years. Bailey, you have a black cloud hanging over you all the time. Now, there's a podcast to hear those dumbass stories of misery and triumph. Welcome to Bailey's Black Cloud Podcast. This podcast, Bailey's Black Cloud Podcast, is really all about this black cloud that has followed me my entire life. The issues that I always have and possibly those that you can relate to. Now, if it's something that you need serious professional help, I'm going to send you to my buddy, Dr. David Markwell, PhD in Ridgeline Counseling. If you're anywhere in the state of Georgia, he's got three different locations, right? In East Cobb, Marietta near the square, and McKaysville, which is right outside of Blue Ridge in North Georgia. But he does the virtual sessions, so you can get a hold of Dr. David Markwell at any point in time. I don't care where you're at. Reach out to him at markwelltherapy.com. I've known David for a very long time. He's a great guy. He's not your stereotypical, you-know-what, shrink type of guy. This dude really cares, and he knows his stuff, and he can help you. He can do wonders, right? So uh, there are 10 therapists who work at Ridgeline Counseling. They can assist with a wide variety of behavioral uh, health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, uh, trauma, substance abuse, just you name it, you got an issue. You know, look, you got to talk to somebody, right? You can talk to me if you want, but why don't you go to a pro like Dr. David Markwell, PhD in Ridgeline Counseling? You know, this day and age, it's not keeping it a secret anymore. You need to tell somebody so you can get the help that you need. Like I said, they offer personal and virtual sessions. Dr. David Markwell is here in Georgia, but he's got the virtual session, so he can help you out anywhere. MarkwellTherapy.com and Dr. David Markwell, we thank you for sponsoring Bailey's Black Cloud Podcast. You want to keep those looky-loos out of your face when you're driving down the road or even in your house or just want to block the sun. If you're in the Atlanta area, Top Hat Window Tinting, uh, they're remarkable. I got to tell you, I not only used them for my daughter's new car, she turned 16, right, but also for my man room uh, because during football season, that uh, 4 o'clock game, man, that sun sets right in the perfect position to drive me absolutely nuts. So I needed a nice dark tint, and they did a fantastic job. Uh, I mean, real pros, these guys, at Top Hat Window Tinting. So two front doors starting at 125 if you're doing it for your car. Full vehicle starting at 275 You're going to add style and privacy while reducing heat, as well as 99% of ultraviolet rays. Mobile services available. That's what they did. They just rolled right up to my house and did it. Residential and commercial uh, free in-home consultations. That's where it all started with Top Hat Window Tinting. Actually, I found them on the Instagram, right? Uh, again, if you're in the Atlanta area, tophattent.com, 678-761-2360. When you call them, you say that you heard it on Bailey's Black Cloud Podcast and you want to get your stuff tinted, and they'll take good care of you. Again, tophattent.com, and we appreciate them sponsoring Bailey's Black Cloud Podcast. Welcome, episode 34, 34. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My name is Jason Bailey. This is Bailey's Black Cloud Podcast. And in this episode, instead of looking to my left here in the Golden Scissors studio, I'm just going to stare at my computer screen because that technically is Nate coming to us live from Mexico. Hola. Hola. Como estas? Muy bien. 
Si. That's about the extent of our Espanol, huh? (laughs) How's it going? It's going good. I got my uh, my hammock studios set up here and <laughs> hammock studios. <laughs> That's great. Is it in the back of your little hut? <laughs> yeah, it's upstairs. I got a little um, like patio area and uh, turned out perfect up here. So you kept yeah. all of the the equipment that your parents bought you for Christmas that you thought you were going to use for the radio show until they told you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use it for my podcast. Well, you also got, I mean, uh, and we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, the, the lead up of Nate going to Mexico is that uh, at Hanson's on hiatus, you can follow on YouTube and Instagram. So I'm assuming, and then you got your beer chugs and harmony, right? So you'll use yep. all that equipment for that stuff, correct? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, you've been there for a couple of days now. Any cool stories? What? Um, let's see. Well, no, not any major black clouds. Uh, our flight was a little delayed uh, in Houston, our layover. Um, that's about it there. But, um, last night we, uh, I had plugged in my, my Roku to the TV and then we went to dinner and I uh, came back and the TV wouldn't turn back on. And I was like, Oh crap. Uh, my Roku shorted out the TV <laughs> and then, uh, and, and then Alexis threw the the air conditioner, a little remote thingy, to, towards me, uh-huh. and uh, missed the bed completely. Hit the floor, and uh, the batteries flew out. And then we couldn't turn the air up or down. Um, so that kind of sucked. We were, it was like second day, and we're like, "Great, we're here for a month, and we already broke the TV <laughs> and the AC." But, uh, luckily, we got it fixed. So it wasn't awesome. too bad. <laughs> so, so I asked you before you left. The feeling that I wanted to know about was when you land in Playa del Carmen and you uh you go you know you get in your cab you get to your your hut where you're living and you walk in you and you and your wife walk in and you put your keys down on the counter and then you look at each other that feeling did you have that feeling i had a feeling and my wife looks at me and we're kind of just sitting here in our in our little apartment room and she goes, we just fucking moved to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think we did. I think we did. So, uh, yeah, it was just it, it was that the, all the stress from moving and traveling, get everything packed and, and trying to get everything ready to go. Um, you know, my wife and I were pretty stressed out, not even thinking about the fact that, we're, you know, we're here. And so that when we finally got here and all that was done, it was just a whew, yeah, oh, but, fuck, but we just moved to Mexico. But it was also a what the fuck do we do now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we've just been kind of exploring the neighborhood, the restaurants, um, things to do, figuring out the rules and the laws. I guess dogs aren't allowed on the beach on um, the majority of it. They, ha- they have a little dog beach, but uh, yeah, so we have to figure out where we can take Tiger so he can go swimming. Oh, you got to move back and not going to let yeah. the dogs on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So have you found a job yet? Are you working like the bus boy at the cantina or something? No, not yet. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm just doing some some websites on the side right now, but, um, but I'm always open for that. Oh, by the way, yes, for those that are listening, if you need a website done, Nate will do your website from Mexico. Technology at its finest. Look, it is true. You actually can work for people in the United States in Mexico. So, mate, uh, Nate, mate, Nate is for hire. Uh, before we get into uh, my black cloud for this week. What the fuck, man? 
Like you left on Saturday. I wake up and I go outside and I see a bunch of your shit on my on my doorstep. And then I find out later in the day I'm in the garage doing man work. Some lady rolls up to my house and asks for a cast iron pan. I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. I guess you're selling your shit for my house and they're and you're sending them to my house. You, this is this is something you should give me a heads up on, dude. Well, that stuff was your your wife had my my wife's like glass and then a coat or a jacket or something. So she left it on your patio. And then there was a couple things that were leaving, I guess, for uh, one of your wife's friend, uh, your wife and my wife's friend um, to resell or something. So I don't know anything about the cast iron pan, but <laughs> I was supposed to leave that stuff on your patio for your wife to give to <laughs> another friend. And uh, we're just taking it down the, the uh, line, I guess. I had no <laughs> idea who this woman was. I was out there. So I'm. I'm setting up this this whole workshop for the My Court Caddy stuff. We're about to to start that back up again this week. is should be the week that it all happens. It's very exciting. And so we're rearranging the garage and having an assembly line because, you know, you get the My Court Caddy. Then I have to attach the paracord and the carabiner, and then we got to box it. You know, so, I'm, I'm, you know me, Mr. Organization OCD. So getting everything and rearranging. This lady rolls up, and, and she goes, I'm here for the cast iron pan. I'm like, what? She goes, I'm here for the cast iron pan. What the fuck are you talking about? Get out of my house. Like, she's in my garage. I'm like, get out of here. She's like, I bought a cast iron pan from you. I was like, you didn't buy <laughs> shit from me. It's like, get out of here. And then, and then Rage comes out and she goes, oh, because she oh gets, you know, we've got the camera in the garage. She's like, no, 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 I got you. And she's got this pan. She's like running at this lady with this big cast iron pan with this small little red rubber grip thing on the handle. She's like, no, 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 here. And I thought she was going to hit her. I'm like, yeah, get her, get her, get her, get her, get her. She's like, no, 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 here, here's your cast iron pan. And she leaves. Like, who the <laughs> fuck goes to a stranger's house for a dirty-ass cast iron pan and then leaves? Uh, I just didn't know anything about it. Then you give me a duffel bag full of old National Geographics. What the hell do you want me to do with that? Uh, well, I guess these are things that my wife had listed. They're listed online for sale, and they haven't sold yet, or people are still buying them, and we weren't able to ship them out. So she's supposed to be giving them to Rachel, who's giving them to your other friend, um, who's going to be mailing them out. But yeah, well, we I don't have those to- by the trash can, but they're worth money, I guess. I, I don't have to ma- mail out your National Geographics each each single book, right? No, you don't. Okay, not. good. All right. The hiking boots I'd take though. I, I I'd buy those off you. Those are nice hiking boots. I, I thought that was a gift. Um, so let's work out a deal with that. That was the best thing in the whole lot. So I actually I actually like that stuff. <laughs> All right. So uh, the black cloud for this week is uh, be careful what you wish for, and that would be. This past weekend here in Atlanta, Georgia, there's a big festival called Music Midtown. It happens every year. A gentleman by the name of Peter Conlon with Live Nation is the brains behind the operation, decades deep long, with a lot of history and a lot of great bands, uh, past, present, and I'm sure future. And Peter Conlon is just a very, very nice guy. Um, and I, I was fortunate enough to meet him when I moved to Atlanta through Steve, who I work with on the radio show. And those two go way back and so on and so forth. So he always takes care of us this year. You know, there, the band lineup is not my cup of tea. It just, there's a lot of band, you know, Miley Cyrus, Jonas brothers, machine gun, Kelly, uh, 21 savage, uh, young blood. You know, uh, there's a guy named love. And he spells it all fucked up. Uh, Oliver Tree. There's a guy named Oliver Tree. Sounds like a garbage pail kid. So, like, you know, 
at 46, it's not that I'm too old to like new music. It's just a lot of these festivals, this one in particular, is targeted to a younger demographic. I get it. You know, been in the business a minute, right. so I get it. I understand. Uh, the demographic that it targets is my 16-year-old daughter and her friends, and even my 20-year-old son uh, and, and his girlfriend and his friends. So I was asked last minute if I get tickets. I said, sure, not a problem. You know, this this hurricane that was like a week and a half ago is still, you know, drenching us here in Atlanta. And uh, it was supposed to rain all weekend. And I'm like, I really don't want to go. But my daughter is at that age now where she's 16 going on 26. That, and she likes a lot of these 21 savagey peoples and stuff. And, and I just... I, I, I'm yes, I'm the overprotective father. Try not to be the overprotective father, right? And uh, she's like, I want to, you know, want to go, want to go. So you know, again, lucky enough to get these 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 nice passes. So we've got an area, so they don't have to be out in Gen Pop, and and they got their drinks and their food and their bathroom and security and all that stuff. Um, so felt good about. It. But I wanted to go on Saturday just to make sure everything was good. So I venture out of the house, Nate. Believe it or not, I got off of Roswell Road and I made it oh, to music. Buddy. Yeah, I know. And I made made it to Music Midtown. And as soon as we walk in, we didn't get there till exactly 530. And I know it was exactly 530 because that's when Dashboard Confessional went on stage. And actually, I like Dashboard Confessional. I remember oh, yeah. those guys when they first broke back in the day. I mean, they're a South Florida band and we'd have them on uh, WJRR all the time. So. You know, I like those guys. They're they're always pretty cool. Anyway, um, so we get there, and they had some technical difficulties, so they, they didn't get to do a full set and whatever. But I run into Peter Conlon as soon as I walk in, and which is good because, you know, I'd want to seek him out anyway and thank him for the passes. And, and Peter's a very laid-back guy. He's not – I don't think he's excited to see anybody, right? And, you know, and I said, hey, Peter, thanks for the passes, blah, blah, blah. And I, was like, I was like, wow, you, you got – pretty lucky you know w- without the rain you know in the bad weather we were supposed to have it all weekend and he goes yeah yeah it hasn't rained at all we've been very fortunate you know not not even two minutes after i get there and we start talking it starts to rain <laughs> oh no you black clouded him <laughs> like literally a black cloud of rain followed me to my man's big festival you know it's gonna rain anyway but in my head before I left, and I'd been worried about this all week, you know, I started this conversation by saying, you know, if you think it, it will happen. And unfortunately, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I was like, I just, I just had this feeling something was going to happen involving my daughter. We got to thank Chef Erica Nicole Day, Nate. Do you know who Chef Erica Nicole Day is? I do not. She loves the podcast. She's decided to advertise with the podcast, and she's an amazing private chef. She's an experienced culinary, which is a great word. You want to say it? Culinary. There you go. Medicine consultant and private chef with medical and high-end restaurant background. She's available for consulting on meal planning, for weight loss, helps out the medical conditions that you or someone you know might have. Uh, or strict macros for bodybuilding fitness training. I was talking with Chef Erica Nicole Day on the phone, and what she does is she does these um, pre uh, th- these already prepackaged meals, but she's cooking them. It's not like some from a processed plant or something. I mean, she knows her stuff, and she's you know she's got a lot of bodybuilders like myself. 
that would <laughs> just kidding not a bodybuilder <laughs> so options include but are not limited to vegan vegetarian pescatarian keto which is very popular paleo which is very popular bulletproof which i'm not familiar with are you familiar with the bulletproof dieting no <laughs> i've never heard of it me neither but chef erica nicole day she does uh and uh, gluten soy dairy nut shellfish sesame uh free so she does it all so she covers the initial uh what it does is like when you reach out to her and you can go to her website erica nicole day.com erica nicole day.com uh it, and you, you look at the the plans that she offers covers the initial evaluation menu planning Grocery lists, emails with advice and encouragement, potential food production for clients in the Atlanta metro area. Uh, so she covers it all. She's educated and experienced in over 100 dietary theories in addition to allergies and sensitivities. So if you are looking for this and you've always asked yourself, how do I get this? How do I get a private chef that's affordable for what I'm trying to accomplish Chef Erica Nicole Day is the answer. Erica Nicole Day dot com. And I want to be there or something's just going to happen. And I was like, I, I'm not wishing it. I just have this intuition, this feeling, this black cloud, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I just had this feeling. So it starts with the rain and the rain starts and we brought raincoats and ponchos. So we're sitting, you know, on these little couches and we're watching these bands and Oh, my God. Do you know who this 21 Savage guy is, Nate? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not super familiar, but I do know some of his songs. Oh, my God. This guy's horrible. Like, it, it's just, like rap artists should not do live concerts. They should stick to produced albums. They're so much better. You have this one dude up on stage with a backing track. He's pretty much got a DJ playing his CD, right? And he just talks yeah. over it. And every other word out of his mouth is fuck this and murder fuck and drug fuck and robbery fuck. And, you know, and it's like no rap artist in the history of rap music, I guess, has ever come from a decent background. Like they all have these shitty backgrounds. I don't even believe them all because this guy, you know, with all the shit on his face, the Sharpie stuff, I get it because it's kind of trending now with the kids. But like when they closed in on him on the Jumbotron, he looked like a nice guy that probably came from a really nice household. I didn't believe him. You know, yeah, but he's British, so he's probably just, you know, drinking tea and crumpets. Well, I didn't even know he was British. I think there was something he did in his set about the UK, which now makes all the sense in the world. But it was just bad. You know, I, I the analogy I, I used for this dude on stage for me and my experience. Again, I know there's people that enjoy him, and that's fine. Every, each into their own. There's music that I like that those people probably couldn't stand. But the, the experience that I had listening to this guy, because he was right on the stage, the main stage in front of us, was like being in turbulence on an airplane. You know you have to sit through it for 20 minutes. You have nowhere to go. And it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable, and you're not going to like it. But you know there's light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to get through it. That's the equivalent to sitting through this 21 savage guys set at music midtown for me <laughs> it was like sitting through t bad turbulence on a plane anyway my daughter's down there in the crowd right right oh another thing that pissed me off if you're a rap artist don't use the word mosh pit that is reserved for rock bands it really yeah. is don't don't get up there and say i want to start a mosh pit to rap music that's that just sounds stupid. Anyway, yeah, so he's come up with a new term. Yeah, come up with a different term. Like, there's all kinds of great terms the rap community comes up with. There's no reason for you to try to steal mosh pit. 
So, you know, you got your, 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 your 21 Savagey fans, you know, they're going crazy and, you know, they're, you know, there's this old white guy in the front row. They showed him on the Jumbotron, his little poncho, and he was having a field day. That was weird. And I know my daughter and her friend, who's two years older than her, uh, she's 18, they're down there and I'm worried the entire time. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with him being a rap artist. It doesn't have anything to do with him being black. It doesn't have anything to do with him having Sharpie tattoos on his face. It was just a lot of people. And I knew that she, as she gets older, she's more adventurous. You know, a couple years ago when I took her to Music Midtown, she was still kind of attached to the hip. And yeah, just she, hanging out at the tent or the, the area you're in, and now she's starting to get deeper into the crowd. Right? right, exactly. And that worried me, and it still worries me. And so uh, and so the turbulent ride began, and I sat there, and I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to make anybody else uncomfortable just because I'm uncomfortable. And I sat there through the turbulence, and she comes up, and she's excited, and she's like, that was so much fun. That was awesome. And it was like, da, da, da. I'm like, okay. It's like everything, you know, and then uh, everything. Okay. Everything fine. Everybody nice down there. So, oh my God, everybody was great. It was awesome. Like, okay. Minus being in a pandemic and around all these people. Okay. We're good. You know, yeah. even though everybody had to be, you know, show their vax card or, or, or negative test. So it was fine. I'm like, okay, we got through that one, but this is just day number one and I'm tired and I want to leave. Uh, so she's got to stay with her brother. Now her brother is 20 years old, but Nate, you and I both know Caleb. We love Caleb and Caleb's come a long way, but Caleb is Caleb. And yeah, he's not the, uh, the epitome of responsibility. You know, I want to not think that, but yeah, there is some truth to that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah, Obviously I, I saw him, you know, on Friday, but Really haven't hung out hung out with him for a couple of years, so I, maybe I just remember him as the teenager. Yeah, yeah he's gotten better. And, you know, and his, yeah. gr- his girlfriend is, is I think, fairly responsible. Yeah. So, you know, you've, you've got to trust at some point. So we're like, all right, we're leaving. It was about 9 o'clock. We're leaving. And I was tired. I was like, we're leaving, and uh, we'll see you in a little bit. It's like, all right. I still have this feeling like something's going to happen at this concert. So we go to get our Uber. Oh, this is actually kind of funny. Real quick side note. So we go out there to get our Uber and everybody's waiting for, you know, their Ubers and stuff. And the first one that we ordered, you know, the surge prices are now, it's like $58 to get to Roswell from, from downtown. And I was like, shit, I knew this was going to happen. But this person, you know, like when you look at the Uber map and the car just keeps spinning, like it's yeah. like it's like fast and furious and just drifting everywhere. <laughs> this car wouldn't this car wouldn't go anywhere. It just kept, kept spinning, and so uh, and so I canceled it, and then I ordered another one, and the other one got there, you know, and looked like a new back ways. I guess there was some road blockage. So, so they're coming from the other way, and the cops were yelling at the the Uber drivers because they were just like literally stopping right by the intersection. So our Uber driver comes up. And the cops yelling at him. And so Rach and I are like jogging to get almost like jumping on a trolley. And the guy sticks his head out the window and he's like, come on, get in the car. Come on. What are you waiting? I'm like, he's yelling at us. And, and I'm like, oh, fuck you, man. You know, I'll get another damn car. I'm going to put up with your shit. It's like, yeah, it's raining. I'll just put up with this shit. Yeah. So I get, we get in the car and the, uh, 
the guy's like huffing and puffing. He's listening to the, the South Carolina-Georgia game, so I was like, all right, let me just smooth it over. I only got a couple minutes in the car. I've already gone through the turbulence of this 21 Savage guy. I can go through the turbulence of this dude. So I started talking football. It's like man stuff. Then we start talking music, and then about three or four minutes into the conversation, he turns around and he goes, Jason Bailey. It was, you remember at the beginning of the pandemic when we were doing the radio show at my house and the guy came to draw blood and it took him three tries? Yeah. That was him. The same guy? Yeah, our Uber driver. Well, what are the odds? Oh, yeah. Was it Chris? Chris. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his name's Chris. And he's like, oh, my God. It's like, what up? What up? And he's like, I'm so sorry I yelled at you. I was like, well, I was going to fucking punch you in the face, too. That's crazy. You know? <laughs> so that was weird. All right. So we get home. The kids get home. Not too many black, big black cloudy moments so far, other than the rain and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but nothing major. The next day, Sunday, football Sunday, I sure the fuck ain't going down there. I'm staying home. And, you know, tried to go out, play some tennis. Uh, it didn't work out because it got rained out, but I'm sitting there getting ready to watch my Sunday football, eat my wings, and uh, the kids leave. It's pouring rain. And I just, I told Rachel, I was like, I'm just not a fan. I just have a feeling. I just know something's going to happen. And she's like, nothing's going to happen. You know, of course, Nate, I mean, you've heard this a million times. How long have we known each other? Jason, you're paranoid, right? I'm always paranoid. I'm always the paranoid guy, even though people don't believe I have this superpower, this super intuition, like 98% of the time I'm right. Something happens. Nobody listens to me. I foreshadow the future. I'm a soothsayer, right? Whatever it is. Well, the night progresses, and the day was decent, and then it started getting worse. I find out that a uh, an old friend of mine passes away, and I, I was shocked because she was so young and so beautiful. And uh, actually, you know this person. I'll tell you what it is later. But, oh, um, and then... And then, you know, so I, I was just kind of really distraught about that. And I was dealing with some stuff with work and something else. So that like I'm trying to go to bed and, and it, things start going downhill and I'm still worried about the kids. They're out at the concert. It's like eight o'clock, eight, eight. Yeah, about eight o'clock at night. Rach walks into the bedroom. I see the look on her face. Oh, no. It's the look of fuck. I hate it when he's right. It's the look of. I've got to twist and turn this and pitch this to him so I'm not wrong. And he's not right, but I've got to tell him. It's You know what I mean? You know what chicks do that? Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm talking about. Like, you, you, it's, it's the I told you so. And I even told her the day before. I said, I, I just, something's going to happen. I wish we would be around them as often or as much as possible. Sunday was not a fan of them going at all. The weather, and I just had this feeling. Would you like to guess, Nate? Because you're not going to guess, but I'm curious on what you think it might be. What happened? Uh, Would you say they took an Uber down or Marta? They drove. Caleb drove. They they, drove. Yeah, oh. they drove. Yes. Oh, um, maybe an accident or the like. The interstate flooded, and they. St- stalled out and they're on the side of the road <laughs> no they're in vip uh, ariel and her friend are in vip and they're on a couch and they're watching whoever on stage and there's a drunk couple sitting next to them on the couch or just next to them in general and they start arguing 
and the drunk woman starts screaming at her husband, boyfriend, slam piece, whatever, and then gets crazy stupid and goes to punch him. She misses her boyfriend and hits Ariel's friend right in the face. Oh my God. Did not, would have never guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, out of a million things that could possibly happen. So, Rach has to come in and go, yeah. you know, everything's fine. I just need to tell you the kids are on their way home. This happened. And my first, you know, my first thing was like, is she okay? Obviously. And then what happened afterwards? Because usually a person's reflex when punched is to punch somebody back, which never ends well. And so she didn't, uh, I guess it was at least what I'm told. And I have a feeling I'm not being told the whole story, but, uh, it was broken up. The cops came over. They, they took the, they arrested the chick. They took, uh, Ariel's friend to the first date and everything's fine. And I haven't really gotten much of an update, but all I could think of was what if, right? I said it, I called it before the weekend. I said something was going to happen. It happened. If I were there, it would have definitely been avoided. I would have seen the red flags a mile away. Um, and I could have jumped in front of the punch, even if it, it, it was happening, right? But if, if that woman hit my daughter instead of her friend, not like I'm glad her friend got hit, but you know what I'm saying? If my daughter was the one getting punched, I would feel horrible. Like, because I knew it. I called it. I said something bad was going to happen. And it did. And it was like this close to being Ariel getting punched. And I would have lost my shit, dude. I would. And I, I said uh, today on the on the radio, I said uh, this show would be a lot different today if my daughter had been hit. We would have spent four hours trying to track this woman down. <laughs> I would have totally tried to track her down. So anyway, I, I had I had told him, you know, like. I think next time I'm, I've got to be there. Even if you're 28 years old, I think I'm going to start going to concerts with you. If she decides to move to Los Angeles. I got to move to Los Angeles. I just can't deal with it. You know, just it, it, it absolutely drives me nuts. All right. So uh, that's this week's episode of Bailey's Black Cloud Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the nice things that y'all are saying on the iTunes and on the iHearts and on the Stitchers and on the Twitchers and on the Bitchers and on the Richers. Whatever the itchers are that we are on, you are saying nice things about us. And you are giving us downloads and subscriptions, and, and you're making this podcast uh, bigger and bigger each week. Thank you very much. Thank you to our sponsors, Dr. David Markwell, Chef Erica Day, Top Hat Tent. We appreciate you guys. Anybody else that wants to get on, get involved, just reach out to either me or Nate from social media, uh, at Mr. Jason Bailey, or you can go to Hanson's on Hiatus. And even reach him there on the podcast as uh, Nate continues his journey or starts his journey in Mexico. All right. With that being said, uh, thank you so much. JasonBailey.com. We'll talk to you next week. And bye. People have said it for years. Bailey, you have a black cloud hanging over you all the time. Now, there's a podcast to hear those dumbass stories of misery and triumph. Welcome to Bailey's Black Cloud Podcast.